What's going on? Welcome to Life's a Trip podcast. I'm Dave. And I am Chase. And uh, on this podcast, we explore all kinds of stuff, all the, the weird and winding individual paths that we all walk in life. Uh, our conversations range from mindfulness and relationships. All the way to psychedelic spirituality, and a whole bunch of weird, crazy, fun stuff. Yeah, and uh, we just we look at basically what it means to be anything at all. Or not. Or not. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, and I hope that you enjoy. Love you guys. See you on the other side. Peace. What's up, family, friends, boys and girls, everything in between, dogs, pets, cats, houseplants. Welcome again. This is episode 12 of Life's a Trip podcast, and uh, this one's really fun. It's one of the funniest people that I've met so far in my life, my buddy Travis Reelman. This is also the first podcast that uh, we recorded with three of us. It's me, Chase, and Travis, so uh, the flow is a little bit different than we've had so far, but um, yeah, we, we cover... A bunch of stuff where Travis grew up in New Orleans, his relationship to humor, and uh, had a, a number of really good laughs. So I hope you enjoy. Let us know what you think, and yeah, talk to you soon. Peace. Record Travis, welcome Chase. Good to see you again. This is our first time to come together for three people on one podcast. I'm excited about that. Me too. Um, fair, fair warning to the listeners: there's a loose dog and a wild lady walking around, so we might hear some some background noise, but maybe some tribal drums. Yeah, who knows? Maybe a little bit of singing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Welcome, welcome to the life's a trip. Yeah, man, uh, I was I was telling you guys a little bit before, it's interesting that uh, my first podcast experience was Life's a Trip with Rob Cathers. Okay, um, yeah. So, you know, that's a that's an interesting introduction to podcasts in general. But uh, yeah, man, I've always been interested in it, and uh, I knew you guys were doing this, so I was like, I gotta give it a listen, at least, and see what's going on, and then you invited me to be on it, and I'm stoked. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, we've worked together for over two years now. Yeah, I want to say yeah. two and a half, three years. I was, up on. I was gone for a bit, but I, I've every time working with you is always fun. Yeah, that's the that's the cool play. That's the cool thing about that place is that it's like it's just a it's a breeding ground for tomfoolery. Yeah, lots of tomfoolery, and that's what I'm all yeah. about. Uh, <laughs> I'm all about the, the wackiness, man. Yeah, it, it makes the day go so smoothly when when you're just like joking around with friends and just throwing product up and interacting with customers. It's just yeah, it's the best. It's the best way to do a job, man. I. Just on your feet, being wacky, yeah, joking with customers and, and crew members alike, man. Yeah. Well, um, I guess to kick it off, uh, just for the, those of those of you listening that don't know Travis, can you give your give yourself a little introduction? Tell people where you're from, how you ended up in Asheville. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ash, how I ended up in Asheville is kind of a two parter. Um, I'm from New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, who that nation what up black and gold in the super bowl we're gonna be back um but yeah so uh my dad was a public school teacher and had the summers off 
and so we wanted to find a way to get out of New Orleans during the summer because it's so hot, and uh, you know it's just it's tough to to be in New Orleans with nothing to do. It's it's it can be a, a dangerous combination. Yeah, um, I bet. So he had the summers off and uh, was able to find a way to get us to a camp in Mills River, which is about forty five minutes outside of Asheville, give or take. Uh, and he could, we could afford to do it because instead of him getting paid, he worked there, and then we could go free. Because hmm. um, it's pretty expensive to go to summer camp. Sounds like a pretty good gig. Yeah, it's definitely a, uh, it was definitely a good trade off. Um, and so, we would go up every summer and spend three months in the mountains. And um, when I was old enough, I became a counselor, and we'd have days off, and we'd get twenty four hours to do whatever, and. Um, Every time, without fail, I'd come into Asheville and, you know, go downtown Asheville, check out the sites, the drum circles, the, you know, the, the wackiness of the Asheville. crystal shops. Yeah, the, the thousands and thousands <laughs> of crystal shops. Um, and I just kind of fell in love with the place. Um, and then... At a uh, young age. At a young age, yeah, at a young age. And, and also, you know, I'm, New Orleans is flat. Uh, there's not really a lot of wilderness mm-hmm. uh, to be explored, and anything you do explore in the wilderness is going to come with like alligators and stuff. So, <laughs> you know, it's kind of a uh, it's kind of an interesting place. But out here, there's mountains and woods and wilderness, and I just you know I was hooked. I bit into it immediately. Um, and so, probably about four or five years ago, after camp, I wanted to stay here, uh, and I tried to make it happen, and it just fell apart. So I ended up going back home. And then about two years after that, I got accepted to go to another camp and work as a counselor. And uh, I, I decided, I was like, okay, this is, this is the year. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay. Like, uh, I, I met me a good lady. Mm. Uh, I'm, I, I'm feeling the vibe. She wants to move to Asheville too, so let's just do it. And so uh, we moved into this place where you're sitting now. Uh, I had a duffel bag. Okay. And we slept on an air mattress for like three months. <laughs> been there, been there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it just, it felt right. You know, it was like I had, I had barely any possessions with me or anything like that, but it was just like, yeah, this is, I need to make this move. Uh, I love New Orleans, always will, very proud of it, but uh, it's time for me to get out of it, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's how I ended up here, man. I just, I decided after my last stand at camp that, yeah, I want to be out in the mountains. I want to be elevated, you know? Yeah. So. It's a good decision so far. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I feel that. I, I mean, Chase, you're what a weekend to being here? Uh, yeah, I think today marks six days. Six days. Yeah. Almost. No, a week. Yeah, solid week today. And I would say you've hit the ground running. I would definitely say I hit the ground running. I Asheville's the spot. Yeah. Um, I've lived a little bit all over. Um, and I've been telling people lately, like. I've lived in Austin for almost like eight years, and in Austin, Texas, it's it's very hipster, you know, and it's a very popping, loving, grooving city, right. but here is a little bit more like hippie, mm. you know, like more down to earth, less like trying to be somebody, more just trying to be yourself. Yeah. So I think it's right along the right path, and... I think I, yeah, I would I would say hippies definitely the I, a guy the other day wearing a potato sack asking me where the tempeh was you know it's definitely <laughs> without a care in the world you know I was like all right man let's let's, let's get you some alternative meat you know? um, yeah it's definitely what I would call it a hippie town but you know that's a that's a good thing I think um, yeah 
it's yeah and, and I had yeah there's there's a lot of dudes with like dreadlocks and you know I had a guy the other day who was like asking me something and I told him I was like oh we're out and he just looks at me and he just goes like oh Jafiel and I was like I don't even know what, wait what <laughs> whatever that means yeah, man, whatever right. that, yeah so. I agree with you <laughs> I would say hippie's definitely the the right terminology yeah I, I always think it's funny when the it starts getting warmer around here like summertime rolls around our, our mate team our manager is always like so summertime you know people are starting to heat up just be aware it's going to start to smell bad it's going to be like, ripe it's going to be real ripe <laughs> up in here all the customers are going to smell like i didn't think here. about that yeah, yeah. you used to the chili oil the type of crowd right. especially at trader joe's right yeah. Yeah. you definitely get a lot of that so which is cool you know like yeah. body odor is tight dude. just stand up wind you'll yeah. be fine man yeah. <laughs> find it find a corner um well nice dude. um I had a request. I, as as leading up this episode, I, I was telling some friends that we were going to have you on, mm. and uh, I was like, you know, what what are some things you'd like to hear him talk about? And uh, a request from Danny Knowles. Oh, all right. yes, Danny. Shout out, to Danny. Shout out. Yeah. the ever famous. Uh, he he said, you know, Travis is super passionate about New Orleans and growing up there and the culture yeah. and and the sports teams and like just everything. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. It was a. Uh, a indescribable experience man because in some facets everyone's like still a kid kind of even the adults especially around game day with the saints and stuff Mm -hmm. everyone's just being like everyone's drunk dressed up wearing costumes just being absolute not a care in the world yeah um and so that kind of translated into my schooling experience and my just normal life experience you know it's a very diverse population mm-hmm. um which you don't you don't really get in Asheville actually it's right. not it's a little more whitewashed yeah a bit homogenous um, whereas new orleans is it's not the case you know uh when you know plenty of diversity i've i've, I've played sports throughout my my life in new orleans and you know it's it, met people from all walks of life so to come from a place like that is i think worth its weight in gold you know to have those experiences um and and kind of get a 360 view of how everyone lives you know yeah. not just how one set of people live um but you know, on the flip side too, it's a it's it's a it can be a black hole, you know. Uh, it's a it, it can be dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 party aspect is very you know alluring, so you have to be careful and not get sucked up into that. Yeah, um, so which I, so I think for a little bit, I you know, I dabbled. <laughs> you know, I dabbled into the black hole, stuck my foot in, which is okay. Yeah, it's yeah, fine. fine. Experience. Experience. Um, but yeah, so it's it. It's it's definitely two sides of the same coin. Like there's there's some things I wouldn't trade for anything that I learned there and, and grew up there. And then there's some things where it's like, all right, this is pretty heavy for like a 14 year old to be going through, you know. Um, but all that came together and like I I'm, I'm you know I I walk around a corner and I'll kind of do a wide turn and peer around the corner before I just turn just because you know I have been held up by gunpoint before okay. and I have, you know, met the underbelly of this, of, of New Orleans. Um, but at the same time, you know, like during something like Mardi Gras, your house is literally a revolving door if you're on the parade route. I mean, I've had strangers in my, you know, childhood home asking mm-hmm. where the bathroom is and if they can have a hot dog, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, you kind of have to be open to people, but not in like a completely blind way, yeah. you know? So it, it teaches, you know, you learn in that city, like, Hey, People are great. Talk to people. Interact with people. But they may have a gun in their, you know, in, in their back pocket. <laughs> be aware. You know, yeah. So, like, don't just be, you know, walking on your phone or looking up at the sky, you know. Keep yeah. your head on a swivel. 
but also interact with people. You know, like yeah. I uh, I grew up with my dad every Sunday. He had like 15 buddies and they would play softball every Sunday. And I mean, these are like cops, lawyers, you know, alcoholics, just the, any, anywhere on the spectrum you could think of there, that was in that 15 people. And, you know, me as a little tyke growing up around adults, yeah. like doing adult, like, uh, you know, uncensored, you know, just raw adulthood. Um, it was an interesting experience because it wasn't like I was super sheltered. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that kind of gave me the ability to, to converse with virtually anyone. And it, it helps at the store because, you know, you get the old lady who's super conservative with the pearls and the, you know, <laughs> what have you. And then you get the, you know, maybe the single mom where you're like, how's your day? And she's like, I've had a fuck of a day. Let me tell you, you know, like this is fucking, you know, river keeps climbing up my dam. Yeah. Put that down. River climbs on my pants every five minutes. River, stop it. Mommy's trying to pay, you know, like, and I can strike up a conversation with either one, you know, yeah. like, um, and so I think that, that definitely branches from, you know, just being around you know, people, people don't necessarily hold back in that town. It's, yeah. you know, you, you, what you see is what you get. Right. Um, and so that's a, that's a, an amazing experience for, for me growing up. Like, and my dad was a great storyteller. Mm-hmm. Like he's always telling a story and exaggerating everything and captivating the audience. Yeah. So watching him do that growing up with like his 15 buddies, you know, doing softball, all walks of life laughing and hanging on every word. I was like, I want to learn how to do that. Yeah. Like that's going to be my thing, yeah. you know? And so I've tried to, tried to capture that and, and work on it. <laughs> well, I can say from personal experience that you definitely got that. Like you, yeah, you, you capture people's attention in a really fun way. And even just in passing, like you're just endlessly amusing. you just, your outbursts and your voices are. Yeah, man. I feel like a lot of time, you know, I watched a lot of Jim Carrey and, yep. and Chris Farley, yep. and and it's like once you get past that feeling of like, oh, are people gonna think I'm weird if I just start making faces at them, yeah. and you don't care. It's just an absolute blast. Like I'll be walking around, and I'll just like see somebody walking up to me, and I'll just be like, Bleh! you know, like <laughs> just do like a weird little thing, or just say like a weird reference to a movie, and then just keep on going. Like don't even stick around, you know, just because I think that's fun. You know, you gotta, you, you can't take it too seriously. And those dudes were like at the pinnacle of just goofiness. Yeah. And that kind of leads into a topic we wanted to hit today about people being overly sensitive to humor. And I kind of, I'm very interested to see, you know, your perspective on that. So kind of go ahead and start us off. Yeah, man. And I mean, some, some of the listeners might wince a couple times during this conversation. Get Um, uncomfortable. Yeah. uh, yeah. (laughs) Take your, take your jacket off. Um, But yeah, man, I, so I did in high school, I got really into stand-up comedy, and uh, I did my research paper on Richard Pryor and the revolution of comedy. And what I loved about him so much is... Richard Pryor's a comedian. Richard Pryor's, yeah, he's a stand-up comedian. Was he big? He was was really big in the 80s, 90s even a little bit, you know, like just a... like a, a pretty common household name. He'd be like what your Dave Chappelle is now, or maybe yeah. even Kevin Hart could, okay. could potentially yeah. have a seat at that table. Absolutely. Nowadays. Um, and you know, like your Bill Burr and stuff like that. So a pretty big deal. Um, and what he did was kind of like the opposite of what like, like a, a, a Bill Cosby would be doing, you know, like that family censored, like almost just a step above knock knock jokes that people ate up. Yeah. He came in and came at your face and, sh- and shined a light on like 
yeah, there's racial tension going on right now, mm-hmm. and here's why it's funny, and yeah. here's what, you know, this happened, and here's why it's funny, yeah. not something. And I think nowadays, it's kind of a battle between stand-up comedians who are like, you know, fuck you, I'm not going to apologize for my jokes, that shit was funny. Like, yeah. uh, it's, it's a joke, you know? And it's hard for people nowadays in today's climate, especially with everything going on, to grasp the concept of like, look, I just want to make you laugh. Right. My drug is your laughter. I am addicted right. to making you laugh. And it's like, if you're not gonna, t- if you're if you're not gonna listen to what I say, and you're just gonna listen to how I say it, then it's like you're not you're not really worth my time. Yeah, like I'm yeah. trying to make your joy noise. Let me make. Let me give you your joy notes. You know, yeah, your joy notes. Yeah, like, I want to hear you chuckle. You know, <laughs> um, and so like like Kevin Hart was going to host the Oscars, and mm. there was that joke that came up. I think it was a stand up from a few years prior, and it was something about uh, one of his kids being gay or something, and how he would you know shut it down if he saw any you know notion of of, of his kid being gay. And I get it. Look, it, the the gay community has been the butt of the joke for a long time. But so is everyone else. Yeah. Like, that's my thing. Is if, if, if he was just across the board making strictly gay jokes, then maybe you would have a case. But he makes fun of anything and everything in his yeah. own family. Right. You know, and himself. <laughs> like, yeah. he's putting himself out there. And, um... You know, the Oscars has had trouble with, like, being PC and diverse enough and everything, and so I get it. You know, once uh, something that big catches fire, catches, you know, backlash, they got to, you know, they got to shut it down. But right. at the same time, it's like, if you if it's funny, then you just got to take it in stride, I feel like, you know. And I've come into that a couple times at work. I do a lot of, like bits if you will that I try out on people you know and uh sometimes I'll say something and I'll get a little a little pullback like Mm -hmm. whoa can you do that and I'm like well wait a minute man I'm not you know I'm just trying to make a joke here like I'm just doing a bit um but for the most part it's well received and I think people know who I am as a person and don't like think like oh this dude's you know saying some bad stuff and he means it you know yeah and so I think um a lot of the comedians that are big don't apologize. And right. they're just like, no, this and, is a joke. You when know, you they shouldn't in, have to apologize. Yeah. The whole reason that they're being a comedian is to make someone laugh. Not right. everyone laugh. Right. No one's going to make everyone laugh. No one's going to agree with everything everyone says. That's just the life that we live in. So if you don't think it's funny, cool, bro. Yeah, not for it's you. It's not funny. It's not Like, for you. move yeah. on. <laughs> I think that's so much of it has to do with just like, like you said, knowing the person. And sure. when someone sees a little 30 second bit, like, you know, they've never even heard of this comedian before, but this person says something and they take it out of context and they're like, well, fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. Fuck that guy. Yeah. And they get all up in arms and, you know, they're super triggered. And it's like, have you listened to anything else he has to say? Mm-hmm. Do you, do you have any idea where this guy is coming from and like his other comedian, uh, comedy, like his, his style? Unless yeah. it's uh, Anthony Jeselnik. If you know who that is, yeah. that dude, he anything he yeah. has to say is just wild. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't but, care. Not but, at all. I mean, so it's, it's, it's like comedy's kind of under attack, but at the same time, a lot of these people are fueling the fire for more True. bits. True. Yeah. They'll turn it around yeah. and be like, you know, I'm fucking, you know, I went to the store and I, had to, you know, I could walk down the fucking peanut aisle. And like, they're always bringing up weird little bits about how, like, you know, people are being over the top, you know, sensitive. Yeah. And I think it is in part, obviously a great thing and I think we should take people P 
people's feelings into consideration. You yeah. know, that's that's something that's new with our generation and the future generations that is becoming more and more of a thing for sure. Because when I, I, I grew up, it was it was a little different. You know, it was like I learned comedy from school. Kids ribbon like ribbon on each other, mm-hmm. you know, teasing each other. That's kind of where you got to be quick witted, right. or else you'll get destroyed. You know, in yeah. front of a bunch of people. You know, I'm I'm a kid at a public school in New Orleans wearing shacks from Payless, and every <laughs> other kid's wearing Jordans. You got to be quick witted because they're coming after you. Right. You know, yeah. like you got those cheap Payless shacks on. <laughs> what are those? Yeah, you're gonna get ripped <laughs> up a little bit. So you got to be kind of quick witted and. A little, you know, and you got to be, you got to be insulting back. It can't just be, you know, white bread stuff. Um, That's funny. And so it's uh, a lot of those comedians are using that now as like, as 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 fuel, and I think that's great. Um, but at the same time, like, we can't be overly sensitive all the time just because it's like a fad. Yeah. Because you want to be, you know, trending or whatever. Someone brought up the other day. I think this is interesting that it's like these days it's almost a people get locked into this like what I'm they have to have a strong opinion about everything it's like you can't just let stuff slide you know like not care about something it's like something comes up and you either really love it or you fucking hate it Mm. and it's like you can't just be like it's cool in the middle yeah Yeah, just and you well and the other thing too is some of the people we work with something bad will happen like a customer will say something rude or mean and it shuts their whole day down yeah. They're they're done for the day. They're in a bad mood for the day. Yeah. And and for me it's like I'll take 10 minutes and I'll be pissed and I'll vent and I'll make a joke about them or something. But then I got to move on. You know what I mean? So hanging on to everything is 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 dangerous. Yeah. Especially, you know, if you're in the public eye, people want you to watch what you say. You're supposed to be a role model and that's fair. But at yeah. the same time, it's like we can't have 48 hours of news cycle being like, did you hear what Kevin Hart said? Holy shit. Look at the audacity. You know, like it's not, <laughs> it's like, come on, man. It's, it's it, it happened. It's, career. Yeah. Yeah. It, it happened. Let's just move on. You know? So that's my feeling. And you know, I'm not putting down anybody who feels differently. I just, I, as a, as a self-proclaimed student of comedy, yeah. understand its base. And that's literally, as far as I can tell, um, comedians just, they just, they'll do anything for the laugh, you know? And that's kind of my unofficial family motto, anything for a laugh, you know? Because <laughs> um, it, it feels good to make people laugh, man. And it feels good to know that you have a sense of humor that can touch anybody, you know? Um, it's like a superpower. Yeah, it's fun, man. You can brighten it's someone's fun. day. Yeah. When, and when I, you say something, when someone's in a funk and you say something, yeah. and like, you, you, like, see that little glint of, like, oh... Yeah, oh, that's, maybe, fu- that's funny. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I will go do that thing I was gonna do, you know. Or, and then like, and then it branches off into like impressions, man. I love studying people and like their mannerisms and the way they talk, and it's like that's kind of something else I realized. Like, hey, maybe I got a knack for like some of these impressions, you know. And uh, it's 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 a cool. Th- it's it's like a hobby for me to work on. Yeah, it's like some people do their woodworking, some people collect crystals or whatever. Mine's like. How can I make my Christopher Walken you better? Do, you do a Walken. Come on, Travis. Let's hear it. Well, I was wondering when you'd bring it up. It's me, Christopher Walken, here today on a podcast, uh, which is like a radio on your phone, it looks like. Um, so I just, I, uh, you know, I love people who talk weird and have made a career yeah. out of talking weird. Oh, you know? I, uh, I, try, I did a, a Chris Tucker for Josh Burnett the other day. Okay. And he, he was reserved. 
but he liked it, you know, yeah. and it was funny. And it was uh, from Rush Hour, and it's that scene where he gets kicked in the face, and he <laughs> takes a step back, and he points at both of them, he goes, which one of y'all just kicked me? <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I was like, man, I've been workshopping that one for a while. I'm ready to yeah. finally put it in the public. And it was well, you know, it's, it's a good feeling when you're working on something and you're like, all right, I'm going to try it out. And then someone's like, yeah, that's awesome. Yep. Um, but I like to do mine for Brandon Fucci because I call him fucky. Um, because he's honest with me. He's yeah, like, dude, he's that's, he's like, dude, that's terrible. That's yeah. the worst Bane I've ever heard. Or he's like, your Michael Caine's pretty good, you know? <laughs> so, uh, I, I, I like to, you know, and he understands comedy too. So like, I'll go to someone and be like, Hey, is this objectively funny or is yeah. this just stupid? <laughs> and he'll be like, that's stupid <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man. So that's, that's a huge thing for me is just like watching how people act and then try to like adapt that, you know, because when you're talking to somebody and feeling them out, you kind of have to like for for me. I like try to see like, all right, what's this person's sense of humor like? You yeah. know, where can I where can I where can I strike? You know, right. where's the where's the chink in the armor, as yeah. it were? And the, you know, that's kind of similar to uh, I'm in sales, right? Um, I sell RVs, campers, Fizzbills, the, the whole thing. You got right? the big flailies. Uh, uh, RVs, yes. campers, come, come, come! come. Yes, Sunday, the wacky inflatable tube <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah. We have one right there that's on the side awesome. of our store. And yesterday, can I borrow I that? I want to yeah, do know, a party probably. with one of those. That'd be we sweet. Had, the one outside the store yesterday was literally it was hitting the ground and just dragging itself <laughs> up like just over and over again. Like I hate my life. I hate my life. But um, but yeah. <laughs> but it's very similar to what I I have to do. You know, when a customer walks in, you have to immediately some somehow make a connection with them. Right. Right. And maybe in a different way. But like I'm always very energetic. Throw up my hands. I'm like, Yo, are you guys here for the big sale? You know, just make like a stupid corny joke. And then if they're very reserved. You know that you went too much, right? And then come down, down from there and that. then connect with them. Yeah. But I definitely agree with that. It's it's good to be able to feel somebody out and really mm-hmm. kind of look at what they're trying to do, and then you can. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that. you can definitely test the boundaries too. Like at work, I was kind of quiet for like the first month because I was yeah. getting to know everybody I work with, and 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 so my humor with with them now is a little more in depth. But my my single serve humor with people, it's like that. You have to find out. Like I had a lady the other day. It was an older lady. She, I was like, do you need help finding anything? She was like, oh, I'm looking for my husband. And I was like, well, did you check the beer section? You know, like just like a corny little one-liner. And she just gave me this look like, what are you trying to say? Like, is my husband a fucking alcoholic? Like, who are you, kid? You, know? you, look at, you work at a grocery store. Mind your damn business. So like I kind of had to dial it back. And I was like, oh, well, let me help you find him. You know, like, yeah. uh, but then sometimes I'll say that and the old lady will be like, ha, oh, probably, that old drunk bastard, you know? Yeah. So, uh, it's, it's definitely those single serves are a little trickier. You know, yeah. you definitely have to read like, okay, too far, too far. Um, but with people I know a little better, I'm like, no, I'm going to push this a little bit. I'm going to make them a little uncomfortable. Cause that's funny for me. <laughs> you know, I'll, I want to make you laugh, but sometimes I got to treat yourself, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I, it's such a, I feel like the reading people like that is such a soft skill and yeah. not everybody has it. Mm, sure. Yeah. It's like, again, I think it comes back to just being around different types of people and, and, you know, Hey, as a, as an eight year old being around 50 year old guys that are, you know, smoking and spitting and drinking and just talking and, you know, unreserved and you're like, yeah. okay, so this, how this, how this person acts, this, how this is, you know, and man, when, if I said something and made those older dudes laugh, I was on cloud nine. I you bet, know, yeah. um, so that's when I first got the feeling like, yo, if I can make adults laugh at like a young age, like I got, you know, I got something here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a soft skill, I think. And it, it, it's, it's helped me a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's more, it's more just for fun. 
you know? Right. I just like having fun, you know, reading people and, and jiving with people. Yeah. Connecting. You know? It's connection. Yeah, for sure. Um, to totally take a hard left. I love hard lefts. Let's do it. Uh, another can go right. We can go right. Yeah, okay. We can go right. We can go hard right. <laughs> I know you love um, your left. This is, a, this is another <laughs> suggestion of a topic to bring up from Jack Bradshaw. Okay. Ooh, Jackie up, Jack. Baby Doggy. Love you. Shout out. Jackie, Jackie boy. Um, he, uh, he told me that um, you had a foot race with Odell Beckham's father. I did. That was St. Patrick's Day. Odell Beckham is a... Tell me, who is that? He's a wide receiver in the, in the NFL, professional football. Um, and he's from New Orleans. And we were in high school about the same time. Um, I'm, I'm not being like... I'm not going to say, like, Odell's my boy, you know? He'd probably recognize me if, uh, if we saw each other, but I don't think he'd say hello. Maybe a quick head nod. Um, we played a little <laughs> basketball against each other. Um, but his dad... Uh, knew a buddy of mine, Luis, because Luis and Odell played a lot of soccer together, and so his dad would be at the soccer tournaments. Um, and so I was with my buddy Luis, and it was St. Patrick's Day, and uh, he ran into Odell's dad. This guy's like a world-class athlete. He's like an Olympic sprinter, you know? Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham's yeah. dad, too. Oh, his dad. Yeah, his dad. <laughs> yeah, like, the, he just comes from, you know, uh, the, the, best, the, the best family for athletics you could imagine. Um, but... Anyway, so Luis starts talking to Odell's dad, and this is right after Odell graduated from LSU, so he was trying to figure out where he might go, you know, for the pros. And uh, it was St. Patty's Day, and we're all hammered as shit. And uh, I, I start talking to Odell Beckham's dad. You know, I got b- green beer uh, stain on my teeth, you know. <laughs> it might have just been paint. Um, and uh, I was like, hey, man, I bet you're pretty fast. And I was like, I'm pretty fast, dude. Let's race. This dude's wearing like baggy jeans, you know, like Jabos or something, and like Timberlands, and like he's got sunglasses on. He looks just very chill, and he's like, he's like, all right, man, you know what? Fine, you want to race? Let's race. And I was like, all right, let's do it. And he goes, go ahead. And I go, what? He goes, get started. And I go, what? And he goes, yeah, we're running the end of the block. You go ahead and get started. So I start sprinting. I'm like, whatever, chump. And I look, I look back to see where he's at. Next thing I know, he's in front of me somehow. Just zooms right past me after he gave me a head start. And then, like, well, he beats me, obviously. And then he's like, all right, motherfuckers, I got to go, you know, and just left. And I was like, holy shit, I just raced Odell Beckham's dad and got destroyed after he gave me a head start. But, yeah, that was one of the weirder St. Paddy's Day. I think I had a, uh, I had a rose through my ear hole. Where my earring was, like yeah. a plastic rose, and I was racing Odell Beckham Jr.'s dad, and I was like, man, I gotta, if I ever write a memoir, that's going in there. That's it, for maybe, sure. Maybe the title. At least the picture. <laughs> Odell Beckham's dad beat me in a race. <laughs> the autobiography. The autobiography. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was a weird day. But it was fun, man, and he was a cool dude. Um, but yeah, he destroyed me. Um, I, it, I also was running in zigzags. I was pretty hammered. I don't think I had any business <laughs> racing anybody. But story nonetheless. You ran twice as far as him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fell down a couple times. Oh, that's funny. But uh, yeah, so that was an interesting day for sure. Well, but there's, there's a lot of stories like that where just like New Orleans is so serendipitous, man. Stuff, you'll, just, you'll be like, did that just really happen? This is crazy, you know? Um, you go back almost every year for Mardi Gras. I do. I've missed like two Mardi Gras in 27 years. Um, it's kind of like our holy day. Like, you know, that's our, that's our Christmas really yeah. is Mardi Gras day. You Have know? you ever been? 
I haven't, but I heard that it smells like dead people and piss. Yeah, but you get used to that, man. Right. You I know, mean, I'm like, not, I'm not saying I won't go because yeah. of the smell of dead people. That's fine. Just next time right. you go, like just before you go, just go hang out in a morgue for like 20 minutes. Sure. And, and get yeah. used to it, and then the boom, and, and you're good to go. Yeah. Okay. But uh, I heard it's an absolute blast. It's I mean, a blast. It's chaos, man. It's yeah. chaos, and it's, you know, some people thrive in it, some people are terrified of it. You know, I'm somewhere in the middle, I guess. Um, but right yeah, that, right, right, that right in that sweet spot. Um <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, man, it's, it's it's got like an extra five hundred thousand people packed into this, you know, relatively small city, and uh, everyone's got to pee, and there's not <laughs> enough bathrooms, so people are peeing on trees and cars and houses and each other. It's crazy, you know. Nobody, there's the cops don't try. To the, stop the cops it. have the cops are very undermanned and overworked. Yeah, and uh, so you know, d- don't pee on a cop. Cool. And you're pretty much okay. I asked I ask because uh, I, I went to jail for public urination in, in Myrtle Beach a couple years ago yeah. during a bachelor, yeah, bachelor sure. party. And, uh, Are you on just, a list now? No, no. Okay. No, it, was, <laughs> it was just a ticket. Avoided the list. Yeah, That's avoided good. The list. It was a park. It was empty. Yeah. But anytime <laughs> I hear about pu- peeing in public, I'm like... Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> it's know? definitely... It, I mean, it's not free reign. Uh, and people do get pissed. You know, obviously. <laughs> pun intended. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, you gotta go, you gotta go. Uh, people have been, you know, I think my sister got to take it for peeing in public. Actually, I'm sure if she ever listens to this, she's going to love that. She's like squatting on someone's front yard and the cop was like, Hey, you there. And she's like, Oh shit. Can I finish at least? You know? Oh yeah. Um, and I think she got a ticket for it, but they didn't arrest her, you know, cause it's, there's still laws, but they're, they're softened a little bit. Suggestions. You know, so yeah, they're more like guidelines. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a weird time, man, because I've seen some very crazy shit, to, you know, because it's, it's just chaos, dude. It's carnival. So yeah, for, for, for those of you who have not listened, uh, like, what, can you give our listeners kind of a rundown of what a typical couple days of Mardi Gras would look like? Like, what is that? I'm, yeah. I'm, I've never been. I want to go at some point. Stay with your parents. I'll try to, uh, yeah, I'll try to capture the lightning in the bottle for you. Um, So, a big thing is your friend group, you know, is usually spread out the city enough to where there's going to be a house that you can do a home base at. Somebody's mom's house or something that is near or on the parade route. So, each day of the, you know, week-long festivities, someone else is hosting, you know, 200 people. (laughs) So, it's an interesting kind of like almost like barter town, like, oh, hey, I brought beer for your ice chest. Can I pee in your bathroom throughout the day and night? You know, yeah. and can I eat your food? And they're, yeah. you, you know, if they know you, it's usually like, of course, Travis, hey, yes, you know, try to get it in the bowl this time. Yeah. Um, but welcome back, you know. <laughs> uh, and, and so you drop all your excess stuff off at these houses, you know, and then you go to the parade route. And it's just uh, literally, it's a street lined with thousands of people 99.9% of them are drunk. Yeah. You know, even some of the kids. Um, and it's just people, floats going by, marching bands happening, you're chain smoking cigarettes, you're talking, catching up with people, you know, and then every now and then you catch some beads. Um, but more than that, it's, it's, it's not what, like what happens during Mardi Gras per se. It's everyone's feeling like, all right, it's Mardi Gras time. Like it's Mardi Gras season. Everyone's in a good mood. You know, everyone's feeling good. Everyone's going to, you know, get a little loose, you know. So 
it's more of a feeling throughout the city for those who love it. Some people hate it. Some people are like, I'm getting the hell out of here. I'm going to Colorado to ski or something. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I happen to be one of the people that loves it. And it's just that, that festival mentality of like, we're all here to party. So let's party, you know, for like a week and see if we don't die. You know, it's yeah. very fear and loathing in Las Vegas, okay. you know, but with like thousands of people. Oh, and man. So that sounds pretty wild. Yeah, it's like uh, we got to make that happen. Yeah, it's yeah. an interesting and, and and everyone's just like so open with everything. They're just like, oh yeah, you know, you you want some food? Fine. You need a place to sleep? You know, there's a space. There's space on the floor. Uh, last year, a bunch of the Asheville boys came, yeah. and uh, there was like actually like five of them in one bed. Like everybody just cuddled up. I so went to go. Josh, who's Josh? Josh, Brady? Jack, Rob, Cody, Cody. And I go upstairs to wake them up for breakfast, and I see Rob, Josh, and Jack, and I want to say one other person, I don't know, some guy they met maybe, I don't know, yeah. uh, sleeping in the bed, so and I was like, right. oh my god, I go downstairs, I'm like, mom, there's like four people in that bed up there, she's like, that's crazy, and so I was like, <laughs> she's like, but she, yeah, she's like, that's nuts, and she's like, but tell them breakfast is ready, you know, did you tell them, I was like, yeah, I told them, she's like, alright, well, you know, it's getting cold, so go back up and get them, so I'm like, alright, fine, so I walk back upstairs, I'm like, alright guys, you ready, and then I see movement at the foot of the bed, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, what the hell is that, some sort of, did they pick up a dog too, and then Cody's little head pops out from under the sheet, <laughs> and he's like, what's up, man? Uh, Cody, happy to be here. And he was sleeping at the foot of the bed like a dog. And I was like, there's five of you in this bed right now. That's ridiculous. And they're like, what's for breakfast? And I was like, all right, come on down. And my mom, as we call her Janimal, had made lasagna for breakfast. So there's really no rules. Everything yeah. kind of goes out the yeah. window. That's great. <laughs> Even Cody came downstairs like, lasagna for breakfast? Where am I? Yeah. It's just one of those, it's that time of year where it's like, everything's just like, okay. We're doing this now. We're all with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, awesome. It so, sounds yeah. like a festival a little bit. Yeah. It's like a week-long citywide festival. Have you have you done a music festival before? I have. I've done several. Um, they do Voodoo Fest in New Orleans every year, and I've been to that many times. But I think my favorite was actually Hangout Fest. Yes. I have a huge. lot of friends that give Hangout as their number one. Yeah. I have not I, done Hangout. I, had but... a, I remember the specific moment where I was like, okay, this is awesome. Uh, I had eaten some, some molly. And we went to the one of the tents, um, and it was like, you know, like dubstep or something. It was like, wah, 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 wah. and I was like, oh, this is awesome. And then like 10 minutes later, he's like, I'm bugging out. This is not yeah. good. <laughs> Holy shit, I am losing my fucking mind. So I was like, I got to get out of here. And I was like, guys, I'll see you later. I got I to gotta get the fuck out of here. And so I walk away from the group, and like I find a trash can, and I, I throw up a little bit, and I mean – glowing blue goo came out of my mouth that's what I saw I was like I just threw up alien blood and I go and sit on the beach for a while and I'm like oh dude I am fucked I can't move I need to sit here and then unbeknownst to me another concert was starting on the beach stage and it was Damien Marley and he came out and it was just like he was energized and everything but he was also you know he's a reggae artist yeah right uh, for those of you who don't know and he just like all of a sudden completely reversed my vibe and like was just the exact thing I needed yeah. and like I stood up and like my buddy Daniel came over with a blunt which he hid in his hair and he pulled out and that was like a baller move and <laughs> I smoked that and I was like alright I'm feeling pretty good I wiped the blue goo off my chin <laughs> and Damien Marley was like hey it's in Alabama and he kept saying alright how we doing Alibama <laughs> and I was like this is awesome man holy shit yeah. what a great you know a, a great turn of events from like the wah wah 
womp, womp, you're going to die, you're going to die. So, like, you know, uh, just a, a very cool, like, son of Bob Marley just completely changing my mindset. And I was like, man, I think I'm going to come back to this festival one time. Uh, and then I got maced at a, a Skrillex concert at the same <laughs> festival. So it was very, <laughs> very up and down. Okay. Some, some, some dude just started spraying mace in the air and it hit what? me in the face. Yeah. Uh, and we were, yeah, we were drinking uh, rum out of a sunscreen bottle. It was very, very good time. It just yeah. really ticked all the boxes. Right. You get, you get the whole experience. Yeah. The whole range. You could throw up alien blood and drink rum screen, dude. Come to Hangout Fest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I... I'm down. I'm down to go to Hangout Fest for <laughs> Got to sure. do more to go on Hangout Fest next year. Start training your liver. Yeah. Like, all these experiences. I'm, I'm 34. I'm turning 35 in October. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like I have to, like, section off when I'm going to have these experiences. Because it's still fun. Like, I still, oh, yeah. I still love it. I still, like, turning the volume up, just going all in. Yeah. But I have to do it more intentionally. No, f- like, yeah, I'm gonna de- carve out definitely. this five days. You gotta, you gotta, go you gotta meal prep your party time. Right. Meal you can't prep just your party time. You can't guys. just order extra yeah. large party time anymore. Exactly. You gotta portion yeah. it out a little bit. Yeah, right. I'm the same way, man. I'm not uh, anywhere near as old as you. Um, <laughs> anywhere but, near? <laughs> we're like way. Yeah, you're, you're, you're eons. That, you yeah. know what was what was Sinatra like? Um, <laughs> no, but I. I had, I, I, my body's also definitely getting to the point where it's like, I mean, if I, if I party too hard and by party too hard, I mean like if I have 12 beers and stay up till one, I got to call out of work the next day. Whereas like I used to watch the sun come up and go work a grill at a restaurant. So it's definitely, you got to hang out with Danny Knowles more. You'll stay. (laughs) I'm not dude. Danny Knowles. Always watching sunrises. The the time wizard, bro. I can't, I can't hang with the time wizard, man. He's above my pay grade. (laughs) Um, no man I did have a good hangout with him actually not too long ago and it was, it was an absolute blast and he's yeah, yeah he's the man dude he's, uh, uh, but he, yeah I don't know how he does it he watches the sun come up frequently and then he's just, just like just pure determination shows up to work you know yeah. um, but yeah I'm the same way dude I can't I can't throw down like I used to and uh, Mardi Gras is going to be a test that's for sure it's going to be like holy shit let's see what I can do and when is Mardi Gras again? we leave the uh I hope my mom doesn't listen to this because we're supposed to surprise her. But uh, we leave the 21st of February, and Mardi Gras Day is the 25th, and then we come back on the 28th. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a long haul. Um, wow, that's right around the corner. Yeah, that's yeah. I, right, didn't, I didn't realize right, it was right, 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 right. I knew it was yeah. coming up, but like yeah. no, wow. it's like less than two weeks away. And, uh, I'm excited about it. Um, but yeah, it's definitely like puts your body and mind to the test. It's a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> and you cannot sprint this marathon. So, yeah, I'm excited about it. Um, trying to think about... Any other requests from... Yeah, uh, I, I feel like I had one more. Oh, I was going to say, uh, in, in, in like the feeling out of people at work and mm-hmm. like getting to know people and like seeing where you're at in terms of comedy... One of our one of our good friends that uh, totally throws that out the window is Jeff Pappendorf. Oh yeah, I remember him telling me a story because he's he's been a, a member of different Trader Joe's, and right before I transferred up to the Ann Arbor store, <coughs> Jeff, I was like, "Do you have any tips for like going to a new store?" And he's like, "Yeah, man. All right. So when you get up there on your first day, you know people are gonna." coming up to you on their own time like you know everybody's got their cool whip like what's up new guy or like how's it going you know people will maybe fill you out give you some space he said uh one of my first days at a new store this guy came up to me and i was putting nuts on the shelf 
know, putting him up, and this guy came up. He's like, so uh, what's your favorite section? And Jeff said, I'm really passionate about nuts. <laughs> and he was like, that's like, that's what he was doing. And he just like, he, he like picked up his speed and just kept doing it. The guy's like, okay, cool. Yeah, Jeff's definitely got more of that Chris Farley vibe than I do in the sense that he will just take it to 100 real quick if he thinks it's funny and fun. Yeah. And it reminded me, they said there's a story, I think it was Natalie Portman told it she was on the set of SNL at like 12 or something and Chris Farley was there and she was like in the green room uh, where they've got the spread of desserts and pastries and everything and she just looked really shy and nervous and Chris Farley looked at her and just started like like one biting like eclairs and like fucking cookies and just like shoving them into his mouth making eye contact with her until she started laughing I feel like that's something Jeff Poppendorf would do to just like throw you off balance but like in a fun way yeah he always walks up to me and he'll just say like the most random thing that he can think of and I just roll with it yeah we just we just we roll with it like um for a while yesterday uh we were talking about he's like so what do you do on your day off and I was like, oh, man, my day off on Tuesday especially is like my day. Uh, Alicia's at work. Alicia's my girlfriend. She's at work. And so I just, you know, I, I probably crack my first beer at like 11 or noon. And I just kind of drink throughout the day. And uh, and then she gets home at 5 o'clock. And I'm like, hey, baby, what's going on? You know, what channel is Shark Week on? And so for like 15 <laughs> minutes, we just kept going back and forth. Of like, hey, baby, how's it going? How do you make eggs Florentine? You know? <laughs> And so we just kept doing that back and forth to one another, having an absolute blast, you know. We was like, "Hey, yeah, hey, baby," and we just kept trying to riff, and it was it was just like one of the one of the uh, most fun comedic moments I had at work with yeah. him, just in the freezer, and we were pretending to be drunk when our you know our ladies got home from a hard day at work. <laughs> we're stay at home dads getting hammered, you know. So uh, yeah, he's a, he's a great person to riff with. He, he walked by me on the way into work. We were all punching it. And he's like, hey, man, you got to buy the ottoman. Yeah. <laughs> and Someone's so, like, what do you say? He's like, you got to buy the ottoman. Yeah. And, and yeah, so working with him is something I love so much because he's one of those guys who I know gets what comedy is. So yeah. I can walk up to him and any goofy thing I got floating around in my head, I can just blurt it out and see how it works. Yeah. You know, there's some people at work where I'm like, okay, okay, all right. This it's person's right not exactly. Let me do a look around the room before I drop this joke. Okay, that person's not gonna like that. You know, yeah. they got that coexist bumper sticker on their car. They're not gonna <laughs> like that joke. That's not for them. I'll save it for later. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, he's definitely one of the best people to work with because he's so open to like just even if it's not good comedy, just try your comedy out. Just try and be just the silliness. He will, he will find a way to laugh. He's an easy laugh, and that's a good thing. Yeah. I think people are like, a stand-up comedian, Pete Holmes, does a little bit on it. He's like, you should be an easy laugh. Life's hard enough. You should be jolly. You know, most comedians are jaded and shit, but he's like, you should be jolly. You know, you, you don't want to be that guy like, oh, look at this fucking idiot walking around having a good time, you know, being all <laughs> jolly and silly fucking idiot. Like, you got to trick me to make my joy noise. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. he's, like he's like, why would you do that? Why would you do that? He goes, I have been laughing all week at the fact that Lenny Kravitz, the coolest guy in the world, his name is Leonard Kravitz. And he's like, that's it. That's it. That's what's been making me laugh all week. The guy's name is Leonard. That's a nerd name. 
the word nerd is in the name. Right. And he's the coolest guy on the planet. So he's like, I'm an easy laugh. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I've been trying to be. You know, yeah. not like, how was that movie? Oh, it's fucking stupid. It was like, well, yeah, it was Will Ferrell and Marky Mark. Like, you shouldn't go into it thinking it's an Oscars, you know? Smoke your bowl and laugh at the fucking comedy. You know? Right. That's how I've been trying to do it, is just be an easy laugh, man. Oh, we got, we got hey, Zeus. Zeus, Zeus the dog has come to join us. Hey, yeah. buddy. He's an easy laugh. Do you have uh, some some like all time favorite comedy, uh, either comedians or movies? That, like, I was a big fan of Ace Ventura: Pet Detective. Oh, yeah. Growing up, that's one of my favorites, and I, I, I say growing up like I still love it. I still watch the the first two all oh, the time. Right. Yeah, there there he's just he's so good physically. You know, there's a scene in the second one where he's in this animatronic rhino. Oh yeah! He shuts down. Yes, and he's got to climb yes. out of it, and he's just like. <laughs> There's no way that was in the script, you know. They're no. just like, you got to escape this rhino, and he just went. Bleh, bleh. He's got his face. He's like, rah, rah, rah. and I was just like, as a kid, I was like, I love that. Like the weird yeah. faces he's making and noises he's making, and so I'd be in class, you know, in like third grade, just be like, rah, 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 rah. and the teacher's like, well, we're gonna put you in the resource room until we figure out what to do with you, you know? Okay, Travis. Yeah, um, but he's definitely up there, and that movie's definitely up there. Um, I love uh, Bill Burr is, is one of my favorites. He's he's so angry all the time, yeah. and I used to be a pretty angry person, so I kind of get it, you know, but he's also fi- found a way, like I've tried to do, is, is turning that anger into something funny and comedic as opposed to, like, I'm just going to walk around being angry. He's like, you know... I saw a girl, I saw a person at the airport the other day. They fucking ate a McMuffin and they wiped the face with the bag. Like, like that just made him so angry. Like, what are you a fucking animal? Like, just it was a napkin, you know. And he's just like so angry, but it's funny. He turns into yeah. he's like he's he always says he's like I know I'm insane, you know. Yeah. But he 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 does it in a comedic way, and I think that a lot of people who are walking around angry, and there is a lot of angry people right now. Oh right? yeah, should try. You gotta find a way to laugh, dude. Otherwise, it's like, what's the fuck? What are you fighting for? You know, what's yeah. the point? And so, like those angry comedians that like, you know, like Lewis Black, who's always yeah. like, "Well, it's not. I'm not talking to you. You fuck that." You know, like <laughs> like uh, I love those little moments where he has the outburst and he like even he gets so angry that he's like stuttering. Yeah, you know, but it, it he also you know it's it, he turned it into comedy. You yeah. know, he turned his his craziness into comedy, and it's uh, gotta be therapy. Yeah, to get that off your chest. Yeah, to like just talk to an audience and be like, "This is what I'm angry about, and this is why." And you don't say shit. I'm talking. <laughs> you know? I was thinking about that. Um, in the last couple of days leading up this, this podcast and like something that I really like about the podcast format is that um, I feel a lot of times when I'm, when I'm speaking with people in person, it's like I end up cutting myself short so the other person can speak. And so with a podcast, I mean, we have a captured audience, a captive audience, yeah. you know, like if you don't, if you're not enjoying it, turn it off, right. you know, like walk, yeah. walk away. Yeah. But it gives me a, a, an opportunity to communicate what I want. And I, I'd imagine standup is kind of a similar thing where you're like, you're getting it all out. People are there. They're sitting there watching. They're listening to what you have to say. Oh, yeah. I mean, what, you, you'll go to a therapist and they'll be like, it's basically the same thing except they throw in a couple, how does that make you feel? Here's a yeah. prescription for Percocet. Get out of my office. That'll be $500. You know, yeah. I think to have, I mean, just f- for talking, people people getting stuff off their chest is very therapeutic, you know, yeah. and so to have an audience where it's like literally you, you get to talk the whole time. Like I've, 
I would love that because I cut people off all the time. I'm like, it's my turn to talk now. I have things to say and none of them mean anything. So be quiet and listen, you know? I'm forcing therapy upon you. Um, so yeah, I would imagine that it's got to be therapeutic to just have an hour to get up there and be like, and you know, and, and what the fuck is up with this, you know? Or, you know, formulating it in a way to make people laugh is just an added bonus for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I, I catch myself doing that a lot is that I can... I can suck all the air out of the out of the room for sure, and 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 you're entertaining. Yeah, that's the thing. It's better than by just straight up pitching all the time. You can like. you can you can be offensive and annoying, but but it better be funny. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the silver lining. Yeah. So we're coming up on. Uh, you got ten minutes left on this before it cuts off, mm-hmm. and you want to talk about that last little segment. Yeah, so last last week uh, we kind of ended it with like an invitation slash challenge of what we, you know, something that we do that helps us in the morning and that, that kind of gets us moving. It doesn't necessarily have to be in the morning, uh, but something that we do every day that kind of helps us with um, our day, our week, our lives, our, our happiness, our joy. And um, you're a very energetic guy, and I think right before we were about to press play, we kind of talked about some things that you do in the morning that are really, really cool and fun, and, and I think we could invite some people to potentially try those, so. Yeah, so uh, it all started, uh, I got injured a little while back, and I was couch-ridden for like three months. Couldn't couldn't walk, I had crutches and everything, and I just kind of was not doing the healthiest stuff, you know, I was drinking a lot, because who wants to be hurt or injured sober, you know? <laughs> um, and then uh, sure. when I finally got the go-ahead to toss the crutches and go back into work, I decided, like, you know, I need to, I need to tighten up a little bit. I want to I wanna start getting back in shape a little bit. Um, and so uh, I decided, I was like, what's the, what's, the, what's the best workout you could probably do at home, with, you know, without having to buy too much equipment? And I was like, push-ups. Push-ups are great. Um, so I started there, there and after every morning waking up and – you know, I'd, I'd make my coffee, I'd throw on some wacky survival show in the background, you know. I thought you were kidding when you said No, it's actually, yeah, yeah, that no, was a joke. I, I've watched legit survival I, shows, you know. It's I like, like it. oh shit, you can eat ants, that's dope. Um, but, so throughout the morning, I'll, I'll drink my coffee, you know, I'll do 10 push-ups. And then I'll come over and like hit my vape pen and then do 10 push-ups, <laughs> you know. And then I'll, you know, I'll... I'll sip my coffee. And so I do my push-ups and, and Alicia and I have come up with a little thing. She'll, she'll be like, what are you up to this morning? And I'll just say, you know, hashtag coffee and push-ups. Cause like, that is really my morning routine. Like it takes me probably about an hour. I don't rush it. It just gets, it gets the day going, gets the blood pumping. I get my coffee in. Um, and it's just like, I'm just kind of like getting myself ready for the day. You know, I'm, I'm, I got the dual, like the dual survival show on. So I'm learning cool little facts about the woods for when the zombies take over, you know? Um, and then I got my coffee going and I do my pushups. Um, and I know for a lot of people, you were saying like the, the meditation and the, and the getting in center with your breath and quieting your mind in the morning is good for a lot of people. For me, I, it's just, I'm not a sit still be quiet kind of guy so I had to come up with a different way to achieve the same thing and for me it was just channeling some of that energy into doing something yeah and just kind of having uh you know something on in the background in case my mind starts to get get a little chaotic I can like zone back in on that and be like oh yeah okay more push-ups you know so in a way you're quieting your mind while getting in a flow state of something that you're doing maybe you're not like focusing on your breath and trying to just be nothing 
um, like we may try and do through meditation, but through doing, you know, while in the middle of your push-ups, you're focused on one thing. Right. And it's push-ups. I like to think of it as like my mind is a sailboat at sea. And the push-ups is like me restraining the sails when they eventually break and start whipping around. You yeah. know, it's like, all right, all right, all right, all right. Anchor tie, this back down. Tie tie it down. Yeah, tie, tighten up, tighten up. There it goes, there goes his hand. Got to reunite comes again. We're in for a long one. Um, so, yeah, it's just kind of like that's how I think of it. It's like, all right, all right, stop thinking about all this crazy shit and just focus for a se- for just a second. You know, and that, and that helps me throughout the day to just kind of be like, okay, all right, recenter. Do you feel like uh, on days that you do that compared to days that you don't, do you notice a difference? Yeah. So I don't always do it on, on you know, my Tuesdays or my Saturdays that, that I have off. Um, I usually give those rest days. And I do definitely notice a difference. Um, but then, you know, I try, to, I try to get that first beer in at like 11 and then that's right. pretty... It's pretty solid. Um, no, but it's yeah, it's it's definitely noticeable. I, I feel a little more not a l- less energetic in, in some ways, and a little more you know chaotic in my thought process. So on days that you don't do it, on days that I don't do it. Okay. So it's it's definitely a, uh, a a thing that I'm I'm gonna try and keep doing every day, cool. you know, forever for as long as I can. Yeah. And I think it's cool too for other people to realize like if you're the opposite of meditating, or even yeah. if you are someone that does meditate every morning or took our challenge last week or there's whatever. about it's interesting that you do the challenge because there's about four or five people i have in a group text that do the push-ups as well hmm. that i've talked to and we you know all do them every morning we do the same amount and they do it every day with me and uh, i think even rob yeah, has been started to do do them as well because rob's another person i think that would have trouble sitting still and being quiet oh, yeah. and so for him i think it's also a centering thing so you hmm. know for, for all you jittery people out there, have hope. There is a way to meditate without sitting still. Yeah, so maybe this week's uh, invitation slash challenge, you know, depending on if you, if you don't want to be pushed or you need to be pushed, you can take it as an invitation or challenge, uh, will be to set a number of push-ups that you want to do in the day and get it done for the rest of the week. Yeah. It I know can that be two. Yeah, you could you it's could say, start I'm do, somewhere. I'm yeah. gonna do 20 push-ups, and that could be push-ups on your knees too. Like if you if you've never done a push-up yeah. in your life, just set an attainable goal. I'm gonna go for a hundred. Yeah, it's gonna suck. I hate push-ups. <laughs> you get they get good to you, man. They yeah, get good no, to I know. You. I, yeah, I know. It's like cold showers. Yeah, <laughs> I can sit for a while. Well, I can sit and breathe. I for do. A while I do the so enough. when I shower in the morning, I do the cold shower every every morning. I I but I don't always shower in the morning. So when I do, I'm like. My mind's like, okay, you gotta do there it. Go. And our house that I'm living in now is freezing, mm-hmm. freezing cold, like literally 20 degrees every morning. So like to go from the cold to a nice hot shower to freezing cold water is like, I mean, it's a thing. It's a but much. you push your mind to that limit and you allow yourself to accept the challenge of the morning. So I hope that everyone will accept the challenge of the morning. And honestly, I'm probably gonna do like 25. Yeah, yeah. maybe, so maybe I'm, gonna go, say, I'm gonna do 50. I'm gonna, yeah. gonna be a little bit more... Achievable. Yeah. Not that you can't do a hundred because it's achievable. I, I just wouldn't know it work. <laughs> yeah, Dave's on uh, register all day because yeah. he can't lift any he can't lift his arms. <laughs> He's got dead arms. Well, uh, we're we're running down here, Trav. You got anything you want to say to our listeners? Any words of wisdom or invitations of your own? Man, if 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 any words I could think of that would be wisdom, uh, I'd just say you know try and laugh more. Don't take yourself so seriously. Be an easy laugh. It's more fun that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I try to do. Hell yeah. 
Right on. I'm into it. Yeah. <laughs> Travis, thanks so much for coming on today Absolutely. and being our first threesome of a podcast. <laughs> Thruple, baby. Let's go. Nice. I enjoyed that. It. Yeah. Awesome, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for listening, and uh, yeah, talk to you guys soon. Bye. Peace.